Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. You care what the mainstream media says? What's up, fam? You out there? You listening? Coming to you live from central Wisconsin. Good to see you guys out there today. Where's my screen? There we go. Good to see you guys out there today. You're looking live at the Foxwood.app. Hey, guys, we're going to do a watch party for uh, the January 6th, of course. Uh, so that's definitely happening. Uh, first 45 minutes of the show, we'll do that. And then I got lots of interesting stuff out there in the news for you guys today. So a uh, little bit of a hangout watch party. We can talk about what, what's on your guys' mind. Um I, I got to start off just right here, I think. I, I, I watched uh, some shows this weekend where I, I watched people completely blackpilled and belief that the, the future is just dead. Um, and it was, it was you know, people that, are, that are, have been in this, in this truth movement for a long time. And, and it was really depressing, <laughs> first of all. It was really fucking depressing, but it it kind of hurt, man. It kind of hurt. It's uh, it's sad to see people just convince themselves that 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 there's no hope, that there's 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 nothing that's ever going to happen that's going to be good. Um, it, everything is just going to continue the way it's been, and it's going to be the same old, same old forever. And and the way the past has been is 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 never going to change into the future. And it, it it's. First of all, I I can't imagine having that mentality. So maybe that's why I can't do a show like that or even really talk in that manner. But, but secondarily, if you just look at where we're at today compared to five years ago, just that simple metric, man, there's no, there's no argument. There's no, there's no discussion need to be had about black pill. The future is bright because of great patriots are standing up everywhere and doing what they can to actually make a difference. So my question to those that are ultimately blackpilled out there and just believe that the that all of this is for naught and this has just been a giant uh, scam to to uh, distract patriots and and it's it, none of this is none of this is real it's all just fake and and the future is all dead and and I, I don't know why you guys even waste time with this stuff and and all, all that that whole crowd the question I guess I have for you is what what are you doing? in your, in your daily lives to make, make a difference in this world. 
Because I, the only people that I see doing that kind of black pill and stuff are the ones that sit on their asses and do fucking nothing to affect change in their lives. So there you go. That's what I think about that stuff. So I hope you guys stay with me on this uh, optimistic journey into what we believe is going to be happening over the next year, year to four years, year to three years. It's going to be an amazing ride. It has been an amazing ride so far. We just have to... we. You have to come to the realization of how bad things are. That has to permeate the public sphere like it is now. The vast majority of people out there understand the news is fake. So a lot of people still watch it for some freaking reason, but a vast majority of people out there are skeptical at the very least of the news. The future of our world is very bright because we had to go through this. The people were, were the people were walking around in a slumber voting for Barack Obama believing that it was the, the right thing to do and do, do, do. Now we're watching as their whole agenda gets get, gets put in front of the faces of American people and the vast majority of the American people are not radical leftists. They do not want these policies. These had to happen this way. It, you're right. It, it has kind of turned into a, a mass psychosis, Cat Rocks. Thank you for that. It, it really kind of has. It really has, and, and it's kind of sad to watch. It really is. And just so if you know anybody that's in that complete black-pilled area, remind them of where we've come from. Remind them of where we were five years ago when things were to a, going to a point where it was we had no chance going into the future, where we had no chance. Remember, they need 12 years to really effectively create this plan to where all is lost. You had eight years of Hillary. You got what appears to be four years of Joe Biden not being able to really pass anything, do anything, except for, you know, screw up gas prices in the in the in our economy purposefully. So they're accelerating on that front, trying to destroy the economy, trying to cause a recession. But does it if anybody really believes that the future is just we're all gonna be it's over, the the the, the reality of America is is dead. And there's, it's never going to come back, man. I hope they listen to this channel every freaking day. I wish they would, because then they might see something a little bit differently about the world that we live in. So without further ado today, we're going to do a tribute. I saw absolute conviction. 1776 put a great six minute video out in tribute to Normandy. So we're going to do that today. First to start off, then we're going to do a watch party. Of course I have to, I, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. And we're going to watch it together. The truth about the January 6th documentary that has been released this morning by gateway pundit. And I have it, uh, queued up. So we're going to watch that. It's about about 45 minutes long. That'll take us into about the five o'clock hour. And then I got a full almost two hour show planned. So I don't know. I, if you guys want to hang out, we'll, we'll hang out and do a three hour show today, but I, I it, we'll see how you guys are doing after the, after the six o'clock session. If you want me to keep going, we'll keep going. But there's, there's a lot of interesting stories out there today. And I want to spend the time watching uh, the truth about January 6th. So thank you guys for being here today. I want to welcome you all to the show over there on the foxhole.f. Thank you for being here today. Willie fix it. Keep true. Vinny Duppy. Uh, good to see you guys out there. Tam growls in the house. Tech 264 is going to have, uh, have to get a hell of a lot of worse to wake people up. Uh, we're getting there and you're right. Tech 264. It, it, people don't, it, it has to get bad for our world to really, to, for our country to really wake up, to see how bad things are so that we can really affect change for real once and for all. Vinny 1765. I park this here. Thank you for the fleet. My friend, I appreciate that very much. Large in the house. CDU Calmero, uh, and still bad out there in Foxhole. I appreciate you 
you guys very much. Everything Uncensored Abe is at uncensoredabe.com. Check out the podcast on Podbean, iHeart, Apple, Google, and Spotify, and pretty much every other podcast platform. Just search for Uncensored Abe. You'll find it. Telegram and True Social links are up at the very top right there, and you can watch the show directly from the website. And the merchandise is up if you want to get yourself an I Want My News Uncensored shirt. Uh, those are up there, and the merch stuff is going to be happening this week. So I'm going to start getting that stuff lined up. Foxhole, DLive, Twitch, Rumble, CloudHub, and Tiger Network are where you can find the live streams, YouTube, Banza, so be it, screw them. Last two shows, as I, as I always mention, are at the, on the website right there if you want to catch those directly. They're all archived on Tor3.com, so check that out when you guys get time as well as all the other platforms, but my main archive site is on tour3.com uh, where you can find all of the uh, mobile events and stuff that you have, haven't seen, and especially the Dr. Judy Mikovits interview. If you haven't seen that, we had a wonderful time, uh, and I, she was very generous with her time, and I kind of pissed off a few people because nobody else had a chance to interview her, but it was a great interview, and if you haven't seen that, you really do need to see that video and that interview. If you can help me keep the lights on, man, I really appreciate it. I do need your help. Think Bills are piling up. Cash at PayPal and Patreon or your favorite platforms or how you can do that. Thank you guys for all your support you can also support through mypillow.com backslash abe check it out when you guys get time the slipper sale is still up still up there as well as well let me let me refresh it because i haven't refreshed it since last week yeah slipper sale sale still up you get a free purchase with your discounted uh purchases so you get a nice discount and you get a free book buy one get one free bed sheets pillows go anywhere pillows and towel sets so you can get two two for one towel sets everybody needs towels man grab yourself some towels or a mattress topper something like that there's also some cool out stuff like this workout coffee is uh like a, a supplement stuff. I, I really like this declaration of constitution things here. It's pretty cool as well. It's loungewear, sleepwear, pillows, towels, whatever you need. Check it out when you get time. Mypillow.com backslash Abe. And you can get a nice discount when you use that discount code. So thanks guys for being here and supporting the channel in any way you can. Uh, Facebook, True Social, and Gabblings for the very bottom, as well as the email address and my P.O. box if you want to send me something. I appreciate all you guys very much for, for coming in here every day to hang out. Much love. Khaleesi, good to see you out there. Liberty Bells, God bless you, and Trick Ponies in the house as well. We're going to get ready to do a watch party here for the uh, January 6th documentary. So uh, if you've already seen it, come back in about uh, 45 minutes. We've got a full uh, show of news planned for you guys as well. Rumble crowd is working their way out there. Oh, wow. Thank you for the uh, Rumble rant. Thank you for the cup of coffee, JC. I appreciate you very much much love uh pecosta five yes five eastern every day uh chris good to see you out there thank you for all the and the mods for all you guys do just mojo's in the house ill to the hun and a good crowd working their way over there dj camp is in the house michelle good to see you god bless you all you guys over there on rumble do me a favor hit that plus button on the rumble and uh thanks for hanging out here today guys much love to you guys all the lurkers over there on, on tiger network thanks for being here today uh fox or uh, excuse me <laughs> twitch crowds uh working their way in here today good to see you guys johnny b's in the house desert beauty much love god bless you cue me up buttercups in the house jc bird much much love. God bless you. Cat rocks. All you guys that, that work your ways in here on the first in the in the beginning of the show, man. Much love. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, I want to kick it off real quick here. We're going to roll right into the show. We got lots to get to today. So without further ado, let's hop straight to it with a dedication by uh, the abs Absolute Conviction 1776, who's a great patriot, does a lot of great work for a very long time. Uh, Drop this out there today. Seven and a half minutes uh, dedication to today. have to fear is fear itself, nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. And the group and gathering stone on the base and the ships, gimlet eyes awake, don't run. 
sailors and airmen of the Allied Expeditionary Force. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. In company with our brave allies and brothers in arms on other fronts, you will bring about the destruction of the German war machine, the elimination of Nazi tyranny over the oppressed peoples of Europe, and security for ourselves in a free world. Your task will not be an easy one. Your enemy is well-trained, well-equipped, and battle-hardened. He will fight savagely. But this is the year 1944. Much has happened since the Nazi triumphs of 1940-41. The United Nations have inflicted upon the Germans great defeat in open battle, man to man. Our air offensive has seriously reduced their strength in the air and their capacity to wage war on the ground. Our home front have given us an overwhelming superiority in weapons and munitions of war and placed at our disposal great reserves of trained fighting men. The tide has turned. The free men of the world are marching together to victory. I have full confidence in your courage, devotion to duty, and skill in battle. We will accept nothing less than full victory. Good luck, and let us all beseech the blessing of Almighty God upon this great and noble undertaking. stuff from absolute conviction 1776 a sober reminder really um you know through through this journey through this this uh time that we spent together we've we have a whole new understanding (laughs) of wars of the world war ii of of asking yourself who really won world war ii given the united nations agenda 2030 davos davos bilderberg and uh in and in China working together to to take over the world and re, re, you know tr- change the way the world order exists um it, it, you get a whole different look at it like I used to look at stuff like that very patriotic and and I see like several in chat kind of having the same kind of reaction as that I'm having too it's kind of like man this is kind of depressing now kind of knowing the truth about where we're at in our world right now and you know again that's another part of of um 
you know, what we're going through here as a country, you know, all of us coming together and understanding why the anti-war crowd has been trying to wake us up. And now we're all kind of united in that way. Uh, We understand what wars have been used for and how many lives have been destroyed in the name of power. It is rather depressing. Gateway Pundit released the truth about January 6th documentary. We're going to watch it right now. The film in its historical and its fact this, this film is his, is historical in the fact that it was co-produced and narrated by January 6th political prisoner Jake Lang from solitary confinement. Lang is, Lang is arguably the most persecuted January 6th defendants and political prisoners in America today. The documentary begins with his narration. And without further ado... January 6th truth.org give com backslash uh, January 6th truth uh, stop com as well. And I got a link out here for you guys as well called the American gulag.org. Uh, while you're watching this with me, throw this on, on a uh, different device and look at all the names of those being persecuted in the name of stealing an election. All of the names right there of everyone who is currently facing potentially life-changing, and it probably already is life-changing for many of them. Um, And now we get to watch Nancy Pelosi run her fucking mouth and, and turn it into something that it's not. Not happening. We have hundreds of thousands of people here, and I just want them to be recognized by the fake news media. Turn your cameras, please, and show what's really happening out here, because these people are not going to take it any longer. They're not going to take it any longer. The FBI has arrested hundreds of people in connection with the January 6th insurrection. But I think right here, we're going to walk down to the Capitol. And we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. Jacob Lang is an American hero. He saved two lives on January 6th. Both of those men have signed sworn affidavit saying that the only reason why they're alive is because Jacob pulled them out of a pile of being crushed and suffocated to death. Jacob Lang is still sitting in jail right now. Used to be in America, if you saved a man's life or a woman's life, you were considered to be a hero. But Jacob Lang did it on January 6th, two lives, and he's still incarcerated. So we need to tell that story. America, you deserve the truth. You deserve the full story. You deserve to view the historic event of January 6th beyond the censored lens of mainstream media. Hello, I'm Jake Lang, a 27-year-old political prisoner that has been locked up in solitary confinement for over 17 months. The footage you are about to witness has never before been seen by the public. It is the raw and uncut truth of January 6th, the day when free men and women stood unarmed against tyranny and were brutalized, beaten, and even murdered on the steps of our own capital. The patriotic event of the century where brave Americans came together to defend the Constitution and free and fair elections. So how did this uh, peaceful protest end up becoming violent? There was a peaceful protest at the Ellipse. It was one of of, of many uh, peaceful uh, protests that had taken place across the country. 
Um, there was a call to, to, to continue the protest that day, to go down and walk down to the Capitol peacefully. Um, what happened on the way over is that that peaceful walk was hijacked uh, by all different types of groups of people with nefarious intent. Police are squabbling with protesters. Oh, there we go. The police, who are in charge of securing the perimeter, move aside the barricades and let the protesters or rioters or insurrectionists, whatever you're going to call them, a lot of people still in prison, let them in the building. How about the one guy? Go in, go in, get in there, everybody. Get in there, go, go, go. Nothing happens to him. What happened with him? People were, were funneled into areas of the Capitol that were either undermanned or that had defenses had been taken down, barricades had been moved by people like Ray Epps and a, and a bunch of other nefarious actors that day. There's a man called Ray Epps who was a longtime conservative activist. He was captured on camera at least three times, possibly more, encouraging people on January 6th and the day before, January 6th Eve, January 5th, encouraging protesters to storm the Capitol. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Is this guy going to be charged? Where is he? He was on the FBI most wanted list. Now he's not. Exactly how many of those present at the Capitol complex on January 6th were FBI confidential informants, agents, or otherwise working directly or indirectly with an agency of the United States government? We already voted. the largest manhunt in American history conducted after this day, January 6th. We're still talking about it, as noted a year later. And yet this guy is not only unidentified, no being an authority seems interested in the slightest in finding out who he is. Any FBI agents or confidential informants actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Answer, yes. Sir, I can't answer that. Allegedly, the story goes that a man dropped off pipe bombs at the DNC and the RNC. Um, our FBI has showed us a couple of stills of those individuals, and there has been nobody telling us anything beyond it. I live in D.C. There's a camera on every corner. Yep. Uh, the Capitol building, the White House, the most secure buildings possibly in the world. We're seeing Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan start to show that the FBI had 
some some involvement um, in January 6th. We're urging supporters to go toward the Capitol building. What is your assessment as you're watching more and more of this information come out? Well, I have been watching and I've been watching it very closely and a lot of people are being treated very unfairly. This should never happen in our country or any country, what happened to them, especially when you look at the way the so-called other side is treated. But this pipe bomber or bomber, who knows if it was a pipe, who knows what it was, uh, they never found them. I've seen pictures of them and very clear pictures and you know that they do have cameras, not just a camera, they have many cameras on every corner. And I would imagine they probably know who he was, and I guarantee he wasn't one of the people that were at that protest for the right reason. It was a protest. You know, the insurrection was November 3rd, the election day. Fucking ain't right it was. This was a protest about a rigged election. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing, and stolen by the fake news media. That's what they've done and what they're doing. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. capable of actually opening this locked door from above, which seems like it was a magnetic lock system and the door could be opened from a distance. That's the mystery. Who opened this door? Um, who, who had knowledge of how to open this door so that this gentleman could let people in? And the gentleman who actually was walking to the door and he signaled up and asked the person to open the door, he has not been arrested yet and he is not on an FBI wanted list. Broke through the police line and people are going in. The doors are open!
The truth about Roseanne Boylan, if people knew her story, would change everything about what people thought they knew about January 6th. Most of the violent footage that people have seen with actual protesters being violent or combative with police was around the West Capitol entrance where Roseanne Boylan was killed. Uh, they knew that people were getting crushed because while we're at the bottom of this pile, we're yelling as loud as we can, we're dying, we're dying, help, help. What you're currently witnessing is Capitol Police officers disobeying their oath to defend the Constitution and to protect human life. We have a scene right now unfolding on the West Terrace Tunnel entrance that people died in. It was an absolutely horrific, grotesque scene of police brutality, unrivaled in American history. We have thousands of people who witnessed Roseanne Boylan's death, 34-year-old woman from Georgia. She died in the hands of Capitol Police. They pummeled her over onto the ground. They caused a stampede in which she got ran over. They pepper sprayed her while she was down. They put noxious tear gas in the atmosphere. She couldn't breathe, and she ended up dying in my arms. And may God rest her soul. This came out this but morning. This is called The Truth About January 6th. Talks about in the media, where they drag the police officer down and they're beating the police officer and all that. They say the things about the police they shouldn't be saying. That was after they killed Roseanne Boylan. That was after they almost killed me. That was after they gassed an entire crowd. right now, like Philip Anderson. He's a young black man from Texas who's a brave patriot who's come forward recently and signed an affidavit, court-sworn affidavit, that saying that if it wasn't for me, that he would be dead that day by the hands of the Capitol Police. This is just another story of the countless stories that are horrific from January 6th of people being shot with tear gas canisters, hit with rubber bullets, pummeled over the head with steel baton. There was a concerted effort by the Capitol Police today, that day, to absolutely punish the American people and hurt them, and not to defend human life, and not to usher them into the building and take selfies like we've seen it in some different parts. On the West Terrace Tunnel entrance, they were there to hurt people. They weren't fighting back, we're getting crushed. What they did was they pushed more and more people on top of us. They were beating and beating and beating. Everything they said about Roseanne Boylan from the very beginning is a lie. They straight up killed her. It was murder. And I was holding her hand as she died, all right? And everything she felt, I felt as well, because I was right there next to her at the bottom of the pile holding her hand. There's nothing more devastating than watching men and women unarmed be killed by our own police officers in this country. Roseanne Boylan was seen being beaten by a policewoman while she was laying there seemingly unconscious. 
Here's how you know the Capitol Police are evil. When Roseanne Boylan is lying there on the ground, dying, motionless, not moving at all, a Capitol Police officer beats her over the head with a baton. And now the Capitol Police Department has ruled that that was objectively reasonable. I think they said objectively, maybe they said something. Yeah, they ruled that that was reasonable. I'm like, hold on, how's it reasonable to beat a dying woman over the head with a baton? So Lila Morris walks free and Roseanne Boyland is no longer with us. I always said to myself since day one, uh, before I knew about Roseanne Boylan, what would make Trump supporters, who are normally back the blue, former military guys, attack police officers or seemingly be very hostile towards police officers. And it wasn't until months later that I discovered the story of Roseanne Boylan and the fact that we're actually watching a woman being brutalized by a police officer and being crushed by a crowd. And when they tried to pull her out of the crowd, they were being tear gassed by police. So police was preventing actual Trump supporters from rescuing multiple people that were at the bottom of the pile. That is the real story, and if people knew that, that there was a chance that police possibly killed another protester, not Ashley Babbitt, but Roseanne Boylan, and that the reason that these Trump supporters were violent, or were acting hostile towards the cops, uh, was because they were trying to save people's lives, then that changes the whole narrative. It was like, it was like something you'd see out of a movie, like in a war scene. And it was, it was a really terrifying experience. If it wasn't for Jake Wayne, I would definitely would be dead. Yes, she's murdered by the hands of the Capitol Police, and this was witnessed by thousands of Americans on the steps of our own Capitol. You know, I've watched Roseanne Boylan, the life leave her body, and it haunts me to this day. Every night that I'm in solitary confinement, I see her, I pray for her, I pray for her family, and her memory will never be forgotten. Her sacrifice for this country will never be forgotten. There are approximately 15 men who are incarcerated to this day in DC Gitmo or one of the other jails that are holding January 6th defendants. And I'd say at least half of those were nonviolent. They didn't even attack police. Uh, some of them threw objects at police or were hostile towards police and are being charged with attacking police officers. But 15 people currently sit in solitary confinement since January 6th who witnessed what happened to Roseanne Boyland, who all say they were trying to help her and others and save their lives that were underneath the pile of protesters that were on top of Roseanne Boyland, but were getting tear gassed and hit by police, anyone that tried to save these people's lives. Fucking disgrace, you bitch! <laughs> 
police were understaffed, they were undermanned, despite multiple calls from President Trump and from other people in the administration to man the Capitol and to defend it better. They were undermanned, uh, it feels like intentionally, to provoke a conflict. A conflict um, happened that day, and as a result, you have this massive dragnet where everybody who had the courage to go to D.C. that day and object to the election results is now a target of the Department of Justice. Ashley Babbitt was a protester that was shot and killed by Capitol Police Officer Michael Byrd. And in the video, it's very clear that Babbitt was carrying no arms and she posed no threat as she climbed through a window. Yet this officer chose to shoot her point blank.
In most jurisdictions, the use of deadly force is justified only under conditions of extreme necessity as a last resort, when all lesser means have failed. Deadly force was not necessary to deal with Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed veteran and woman who posed no imminent threat. You can see this creepy hand with a gun in it to the side pointing at the door, almost laying in wait for someone to shoot. Ashley Babbitt's death was unnecessary and Officer Bird should be held accountable. But the Capitol Police found Bird's actions were, quote, lawful and within department policy. So, decorated Air Force veteran Ashley Babbitt is dead and Officer Bird is called a hero. That is the upside-down America that we live in today. You have the fake news right after the insurrection uh, reporting within days that one woman was shot by police, but it was her fault. Another woman had a drug overdose, and two other guys had cardiac arrest because uh, it didn't explain why. Um, fast forward a year and a half till now, and so much more information has come out on those people's deaths, and that's documented. Video, um, Freedom of Information Acts that were, that were filed, that got more information out, and the news has, the mainstream media has not yet gone back to retract what they said originally. It wasn't like they were flesh banging, banging these guys that were walking in or even like right on the perimeter. These are two guys that were pretty far from the Capitol, but just happened to be in the path of a flash bang. So no one ever talks about the mainstream media, these two guys, and how they really died. If you Google their names for the rest of time, unless it's changed and we get the narrative changed, it'll just say that they had cardiac arrests at a Trump rally. The mainstream media actually started a rumor that, well, that one of them tased themselves to death. The cop grabs him and throws him back. See, they watch. Tries to reach in and pull him out. The cop grabs him and throws him back into that corner. Nope, you stay right there. We want you where we can beat you. And then what happens from there, as you can imagine, gets thrown back into the corner and they proceed to beat him. You see the one guy in the yellow right there who's reaching over and beating him with a stick. The other riot cops to the left reaching over and beating him to the stick. Now he's cowering in the corner down on the ground, covering up trying to reduce the blunt force trauma. That's rage. 
officer with the white shirt at the, the foreground, the, the bottom right, he's got this baton and he just keeps hitting over and over and over again. Joseph, I'm, I'm seeing this this officer in the white with the baton uh, hitting uh, dozens of times. I don't know if he's trying to target one person, uh, but it looks like he's trying to inflict damage on someone. That that is correct. He is without question inflicting damage on Victoria White. Look, she's getting maced right now. She's asking him to stop. Um, she is uh, bleeding right there. You can see it on, 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 on the white uh, piece of uh, clothing behind it. There's blood all over it. Um, she is obviously in distress. She is obviously defenseless. I mean, to the point again, where I look at that. This, look, look at that. This is a grown man. That is a collapsible abs, asp right there. That, that device is supposed to be used as per DC police protocol. You see her face right there. She's struggling to break windows in emergencies. And it's supposed to be used below the shoulders uh, for self-defense um, or to disable somebody with a weapon. And it's only supposed to be used above the shoulder. There he goes punching her. Look at that. Look at that. that, 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 that that's an animal. There is also video documentation of Jake Lang trying to save the life of Roseanne Boylan. But because he was preoccupied with Philip Anderson, um, a bunch of other people pulled Roseanne Boylan out. And there's video footage that I'm still trying to obtain that I know exists to this day of Roseanne being worked on by Trump supporters. It's very emotional footage, desperately trying to revive her, doing CPR on her, trying to um, give her resuscitation where when the cops whose job it was just stood by watching, tear gassing them and beating them. So there's footage that exists that people have not seen. And when they see, the, when they see this footage, it's going to really help change the narrative. A bunch of President Trump's supporters are still rotting in jail cells. Still being denied bail. Not brought to trial yet. Denied their basic rights as American citizens. Abused, tortured, denied their basic rights as human beings. And don't be surprised if these psychopaths who run DC try keeping some of these patriots locked up for all four years of this fake installed Biden regime. The Obama administration. And they'll do it just for the sick thrill of it. Jake Lang, who we spoke to not long ago, is one of those political prisoners being held in the DC Gulag. He was arrested almost immediately after January 6th, so he's already been rotting in there for a whole year now. And these worthless courts have repeatedly refused to let him out on bail while his trial is pending. Keep in mind that right now in DC, more than 90% of criminals are let out with no bail whatsoever. They're just let back onto the streets. In D.C., more than 90% of criminals are let out with no bail whatsoever. They're just let back onto the streets. Where, of course, a lot of them continue committing crimes because, hey, why not? 
In New York and in San Francisco and in Philadelphia, mentally ill vagrants are left totally unchecked until finally they just kill somebody. And keep in mind that last summer, thousands of Antifa and Black Lives Matter domestic terrorist goons assaulted police, targeted them for assassination, threw Molotovs at government buildings, lit fire to occupied police precincts, burned down churches, destroyed staple corner stores, raped people, assaulted people, caused $12 billion in damage over the summer of 2020 in just a three month period in the name of a career criminal home invading thug. And sure, many of them got arrested, but almost all of them were released immediately without bail. Was January 6th different from other protests around the country that had occurred previously that spring and that summer? And if so, how? Following the death of George Floyd, there were from what I have calculated 537 different protests or riots where property damage was done and or other crimes were committed. Of those 535 plus riots, that happened in a 10 week span. So there was approximately 50 or more of them happening throughout our country on a weekly basis with that with over billions of dollars in property damage being done. This is one day, one afternoon, where there are a handful of officers as opposed to over 2,000 officers alleged to have been injured. And on this one day, there is about a million dollars in property damage as, the, as compared to over $2 billion. So as far as a breakdown, this is one afternoon, one day, that ultimately was not what it was intended to be, that spun completely out of control. We begin tonight with a nation already on edge in the coronavirus pandemic as protests turn violent across America. During 2020, there was up to $2 billion in damage due to the riots that swept the nation. That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. Fuck yourself, you fucking clown. What is the hidden agenda between the difference of treatment from the January 6th political prisoners to the Black Lives Matter and Antifa rioters? Principled anti-fascist. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal. Morally. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there uh, fighting. Listen, there's, you know, no organization is perfect. There are some violence. reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property but these are not reasonable times thank goodness for the looters man and please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful i don't care that much about statues throwing it into the harbor we'll do what they do you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in kenosha wisconsin do not get it twisted and think that oh this is some something that has not never happened before and this is so terrible and where are we and these savages and all of that 
This is how this country was started. People get mad. Most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government. So remember your history before you judge your present. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. You fat bearded bitch! Why have I been held for 17 months with no bail? Well, the kid gloves have been handed off to Black Lives Matter and Antifa protesters for firebombing buildings and assaulting police officers with no regard for human life. There's an obvious bias against conservatives in America. They tried to burn down Washington. We're talking federal buildings. They were terrible. Every Democrat city was on fire and nobody says anything about it. Antifa and BLM were causing such problems, including death. You have to have equal justice. It's very, very unfair what's happened to this group of people. No one can tell me that if had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently than the mob of thugs that stormed the Capitol. We all, we all know that's true. And it is unacceptable, totally unacceptable. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. Give them a pardon. But the punishments things are don't out work of, out fairly. Punishments are out of proportion to the crime. Out of proportion? Like 20 times out of proportion. These people are being persecuted. And the other ones, when they, they caught people who killed people, they want to give them the minimum sentence. They, they're out there fighting for a minimum sentence. No, it's a very unfair situation. Black Lives Matter, uh, Antifa, and others, these radical left people, I mean, you have the vice president trying to bail everybody out of jail, but they weren't in jail very long. It was pretty easy to do. Yeah. And getting the bail was very easy. These people are in jail in a horrible, disgusting, dirty jail, so bad that the court system, which is very left, is angry that people have to live like this. And some of these people are not guilty. Many of these people are not guilty. What they've done to, to these, and in many cases, patriots, their soldiers, their policemen, what they've done to them compared to what they've done to the other side? You know, you have to have equal justice, and this is an equal. Do you think that uh, your client, Edward Jacob Lang of Narrowsburg, New York, is a political prisoner? I think that under these circumstances, under these charges, the only reasonable conclusion that anyone could draw from the arrest to being transferred in the middle of the night without notice, not being able to see his family, having to filter and drink water through a sock in a hole where he has no human contact or sunlight for months at a time, uh, being denied access to his attorneys, having a beard that is so thick that has not been shaven in six months without being denied a haircut. The only reasonable conclusion that you could come to on these facts is, yes, these men and Edward Jacob Lang are being treated as political prisoners. And as a result of that, he has spent the last several months since uh, late January in the D.C. jail, where yeah. he still is currently. That is correct, under harsh conditions. But now we're harassed on a daily basis here. They send um, 
prison guards in to watch our units that are particularly aligned with liberal stated causes like Black Lives Matter. And they target us and, they, and what they do is they try to psychologically, you know, just afflict us in any way possible. They change the rules on us all the time. They wake us up in the early morning hours on September 18th when uh, they had that rally pro, January 6th rally for us Washington, D.C. They woke us up in the wee morning hours and they told us to grab our mattresses and they marched us through the jail. They didn't tell us where we're going, how long we're going to be there, why we're being moved. And this is psychological warfare tactics to try to break down people's resolve and to keep them constantly in a manipulated state. It's horrendous the way we've been treated. So, um, Jake, uh, no doubt you're going to probably face some repercussions for even doing this interview with us today. Are you a little worried about that? Um, I'm, you know, fear does not live in the hearts of patriots. And, you know, it's time for the American people to band together and to stand behind the Constitution and to really support the January Sixers because we were the, the front line. This patriots. call is being terminated by the facility. Uh-oh. Yes. All right. Interesting. <laughs> live in the hearts of patriots and you know it's time for the american people to band together and to stand behind the constitution and to really support the january sixers because we were the the front line this patriots. call is being terminated by the facility uh-oh yes all right interesting <laughs> someone didn't like that conversation Jake Lang, who appeared here on this program recently, is different. Jake Lang is trapped in the DC Gulag. Jake Lang is put in two weeks of solitary confinement every time he meets with his lawyers in the name of stopping COVID because he remains unvaccinated. And while this country lets criminals rampage with impunity, Jake is threatened with years or even decades of prison. You know why? Absolutely nothing normal. Every single aspect of this is unusual, and the treatment that these men have endured is needs to stop. And it is wholly unconstitutional and completely unreasonable in every sense of the word. My fellow Americans, the documentary that you just witnessed attempts to go back and show you what happened both before, up to, during, and after the J6 political protests in our nation's capital. If you have no justice for one, you have justice for none. And that is exactly what's happening in our country. So I ask you, I plead with you, to go to our website, j6truth.org. Find out the truth about J6. We will continue to keep on posting. We will continue to keep on getting the truth out. We will continue to keep on exposing the DOJ, the FBI, the Biden administration, for all the cover-up and the corruption and the fraud that they are committing on a daily basis concerning what happened on J6. Please donate generously. They need your help, both in prison, their families need your help back home, and they need your help to find good counsel to fight back against this corrupt government that we have today. I thank you for your time and your concern, and, and I would like to read a letter I just received today from my son, Jacob Lang. Hello, Faja. Another glorious day to be alive. What was it that famous president said? We have nothing to complain about except for the source of complaining itself. Staying grateful and praising God, even in these valleys and hard days, makes all the difference in the world. He desires our love and worship even when the odds are stacked against us and the whole world feels life is crashing down. Especially then, Spending 20 plus hours a day in this bed in this small cell, I try pacing and working out at least two hours a day and standing to worship 
but it's cold as hell in here. So I tend to be under the blanket reading or listening to the gospel music or sermons on the radio. Some life, huh? Where I'm currently serving, serving time for a sentence I didn't commit. It's like being in a desert where Christ staved off the devil and where angels ministered Christ. So this is my desert. I must cling to my faith and sustained by the word of God. Deliverance is possible by the blood of Christ. No, it is assured. I hope that America is ready for my decoration. It's about time someone showed up and climbed up the old apple tree or chopped it down like Washington did. If God is with us, who can be against us? Miss you and love you, your son. All the best, America. Now that you have been armed with the truth, the truth shall set us free. Please share this video with as many people as you can text and email. Also, donate to the Gifts and Go, where 100% of proceeds go to advertising this documentary with TV and newspaper ads. We cannot let the brave patriots of January 6th sacrifice be in vain. We must fight for those who stood up to protect this great nation from the current unconstitutional regime. Joe Biden says, no amendment is absolute. This is rhetoric of a tyrant who has no respect for our republic or our God-given rights. I know the Founding Fathers and many incredible January 6th patriots who are willing to bet with our lives that he is wrong. We battle this spiritual warfare with the love of God and the faithful understanding that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we will never back down and we will never surrender to tyranny because fear does not live in the heart of a patriot. May God bless you and uplift you and give you liberty before death. That's enough to get you freaking livid. I don't even know what to say, dude. What a time to be alive. That's all I got to say. Do me a favor, grab this link as well. Oh, man. AmericanGulag.org. Grab that link as well. This is the uh, number of people are currently arrested, 700 plus. Number of people charged with insurrection, zero. Full list of individuals who are currently being persecuted in the name of Nazis (laughs) and the SS. You know, you know what the hardest part about reading this this list is seeing all the women. It's, it's something you don't really consider, right? You figure 
you know, all you see are, are the men, but the number of women on this list is scary, dude. That's what we're doing to our mothers now. We're we're gonna destroy mothers too. How's that for a measure of society? How's that for a fucking measure of society when you take your women who are patriots and you lock them up? Destroy their lives. That's the world we live in right now. Look at all these names. Look at all the women on this list. I was shocked to see how many women have been have been picked up and arrested and are facing some type of legal jeopardy right now. It's it's freaking crazy, dude. Three Jennifers and a Jenny and another Jennifer. You know, that's someone's daughter. Someone's daughter is locked up because she went to the Capitol on January 6th. Walked in and walked back out. Isn't that crazy to think about? <sighs> 20 Michaels, 20 Nicholases. Bunch of Roberts. About 10 or 15 of those. couple of three Stephanie's there you go two Tammy's bunch of Thomas's bunch of Timothy's bunch of Troy's and a bunch of Williams unbelievable man unbelievable what this country is going through right now if you could have told me <laughs> a year two years ago this is where we'd be at right now not all of these people are currently incarcerated, but they're all facing legal jeopardy. AmericanGulag.org is the website. If you get a time, kind of help spread the word about it, please. What a time to be alive. I can see how people can be blackpilled so easily, actually. You know, you could see it. I mean, it... it this it it is meant to wear you down, and you know the la- the vast majority of us, of us have become very resilient. Um, but it and it's just it's tough to see this weekend uh, to watch the black pillars just really go just come out full force. That was kind of shocking to see. Um, it's too bad, man. It's too bad because you get wrapped up in a in a false reality and it controls your life. And you, you, you say other people are asleep because they're trapped in a false reality. And these same black pillars fall into the same trap, man. In a world that's manipulated around them. It's crazy, right? Anyway, I'll move on. Um, there's the links. If you know any of those links, I'll be posting them on all, of, on the, all the social media and in the uh, podcast as well. Uh, that that list is a list of uh, everyone who's facing legal jeopardy because they were at the Capitol. So there you go. Oh, they have a map up too. Look at that. You can click on your state. So anyways, there's that. All right, guys, what time is it? 5.15? We got tons of stuff to get to. Uh, thank you guys for being here today. I appreciate you guys very much. You guys are dropping in a bunch of gold pills, which I'd missed. Warrior Mima dropping a ship on me. I can't stress how horrible I feel for these prisoners of war. I'm a regular giver to this cause. Thank you, Warrior Mima. God, thank you for doing 
I, many of you have been writing letters and doing, you know, sending money, sending gifts, doing whatever you can. Thank you for all you guys that do that. God bless you. Tac 264 dropping a can on me. Heartfelt prayers and heartfelt gratitude to the January Sixers and for their sacrifices. Special place in heaven for heroes. Indeed, Tac 264. Sean, Joe, thank you very much. Appreciate you guys. Khaleesi saying great documentary. Uh, assault under... Uh, Color of Authority, Criminal Actions by So-Called Peace Officers, TAC-264, another great comment. I agree. Uh, Fleet uh, dropping in there by, by Vinny. Thank you very much. I'll squeeze the second one in, too. Uh, thank you, Vinny, for being here today. I appreciate that. Um, dropping a couple fleets on me. Thanks, man. I appreciate that, Glenn. Uh, in the mobile, thank you, man for being here and then tech 264 again thanks guys thank you very much for all the gold pills we're going to get to a bunch of the news that's out there right quick we're going to try to rapid fire the rest of the show and we'll be here however long it takes i don't know how long it's going to take me but there's a lot of interesting things that, that are out there that you guys need to see today so stand by for that let me just check in with rumble how you guys doing over here just mojo i think they got proud boys indictment today yeah i saw that for conspiracy seditious conspiracy yeah i saw that Interesting. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, it breaks my heart as well. AJ Sanchez, good to see you. My Nexus, uh, Denise saying uh, Boris Johnson survived the no the, the no confidence vote. <laughs> that that is interesting that they would try to remove him. That means he, I, he he may be more helpful than we think. You know what I'm saying, Denise? I have more hope for him than I than I, you know. And thanks for you giving me some perspective on that. I hope he can he can continue to fight because. That's just one of the dumbest things ever. Like he he went to a party during COVID, so they tried to fucking remove him. Seriously, that's that's where they're at. They he went to a party there, and when everyone else had to wear masks and stuff, and he went to a party, and so therefore we're gonna. We, I don't like him. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. Uh, it tells you that uh, Boris is uh, a. a uh, a thorn in their spot in their side, which is good to hear. JC bird dropping a bunch of gift subs on me as well. Cochranana, uh, Jane, uh, rad dog. Thanks for the new follow and black hat destroyer. Thanks guys for being here today. I appreciate you guys very much. Much love. Uh, lots to get to. So let's hop right, right to it. What do you think? Pray, keep praying. Indeed. Pray like you've never prayed before. God knows no boundaries. And when the door opens, be ready. God bless you. Uh, cue me up buttercup. Uh, that's the only thing that gives me strength because that shit just, that just pisses me off beyond piss off ability. All right. New York attorneys accused of firebombing police car, given a generous plea deal on the cups of that. We have this previously discussed the cases of, uh, Collinford, Matisse and Yuru's Rockman, uh, who were accused of throwing a Molotov cocktail into an occupied police vehicle in New York. The struggle continues, said the brainwashed morons. They were facing domestic terrorism charges and possibly 30 years in jail, but this week the Biden administration agreed to a massive reduction of charges in a plea agreement that will likely result in just a couple of years of jail time. What is particularly bizarre about that plea agreement? It reduces an earlier plea agreement for a more serious offense. The plea deal by the Justice Department is a breathtaking reduction in the charges and expected sentencing of the two layers. Earlier, some of some of us were surprised that U.S. District Judge Margot Brody upheld a $250,000 bail determination uh, of the U.S. Magistrate Judge. Prosecutors presented evidence that the two attorneys were trying to distribute Molotov cocktails and suggested that Matisse did not appear rational. You think? The United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit revised Judge Brody, and the two attorneys were sent back to jail. Uh, and the two attorneys were sent back to jail. Rockman's bail was paid for by a friend and fellow attorney, Salma Rizvi, who serves in the Defense Department and the State Department during the Obama administration. <laughs> of course. 
Notably, Rockman and Matisse pleaded guilty last year to one count of possessing and making an explosive device, which carries a maximum of 10, 10 years. Now, however, they will be allowed to withdraw their earlier plea and instead plead guilty to conspiring to assemble Molotov cocktails and damage a New York uh, Police Department patrol car. That is a nosebleed of a drop in the severity and the punishment for this violent attack. It is a sharp contrast to the harsh position taken by Joe Biden's Justice Department on many of these accused rioting on January 6th. Merrick Garland cited the threat to police officers and pledging an unprecedented effort to charge and convict those on any level in the riot. Conspiring to assemble the Molotov cocktail and damage the New York police patrol car does not quite capture what these two attorneys did during the violent riot in New York. Robman was was caught on video throwing a fire, throwing the firebomb, and then fleeing the scene. Colin Matisse was accused of having uh, a store of firebombs in his vehicle and was videotaped as he attempted to hand them out to other rioters to further the violence. Robman later was un- unapologetic and declared to reporters that the only way f- to hear us is through violence. <sighs> That does not seem the type of suspects who would be ordinarily garner deep sympathy from prosecutors, yet the Biden administration walked back the charges, unraveled the earlier plea to a lesser offense, and told the court that earlier charges would have resulted in excessive sentencing for the attorneys. Instead, they are supporting a maximum sentence of five years with a recommendation of 18 to 24. Isn't that just great? Garland just last month honored law enforcement killed in the line of duty. This plea agreement is likely to infuriate many of those families, given the strength of the case and the severity of the conduct. These two attorneys were were preparing, uh, participating in an effort that could have burned officers alive as a form of protest. They will now be given a sentence closer to tax fraud than terrorism. As previously discussed, Matisse was a member of the corporate group at Prior Cashman, and when he was when he was arrested, excuse me, Matisse graduated from the New York University Law School in 2016 and received his bachelor's degree from Princeton University. Of course, he was also uh, previously employed as an associate at Holland and Knight. Rockman uh, was just admitted to the New York Bar in June of 2019 after graduating from Fordham University School of Law with a with a crackerjack box lawyer degree. Lawyer degree. Both lawyers will permanently be be disbarred uh, and will pay have to pay restitution to the city of New York. So, yeah, there you go. Isn't that great? Red flag, red flag laws set the stage for selective disarmament of conservatives. Another good article in uh, that was this weekend. In a recent address by, on gun violence, Joe Biden called for a number of new measures to limit Second Amendment rights, but the two of them stood out as snarkily unconstitutional. The issuance of an assault weapons ban and the institution of a national red flag gun laws. Both are egregious in their violations of the Bill of Rights, but red flag laws set an Orwellian standard that will likely be used against conservative as a whole. We have to examine the situation within the context of Joe Biden's domestic terrorism policies. But first, let's explain what red flag laws are. Red flag laws are known as extreme protection orders, are generally associated with the assumptions of mental health and instability. Remember the word assumptions. The parameters of such laws tend to be incredibly broad and ambiguous and allow for almost anyone in regular proximity to a person uh, within 
to a person to accuse them of being psychologically unstable. Sorry, that was written weird. The accusation can come from a family member, a significant other, a work associate, or a crazy ex-wife. One of the one of the, once the accusation is made, authorities can confiscate the target's person's firearms without due process under the law on grounds that they present a danger to themselves and others. No jury, no testing, no proof is required to get a court order. It is then up to the accused to prove that they are not unstable and that they deserve to have their firearms returned. This process could take years if the guns are ever returned at all. Some versions of red flag bills even allow police to declare you dangerous on their own accord, even without direct contact or witness. In other words, it's a pre-crime system open for massive abuse. And keep in mind, we live in a digital era in which social media is carefully monitored, often by people that do not have our best interests at heart. Red flag laws could even extend to to comments made and taken out of context on social media platforms. But why should this be dangerous to conservatives in particular? That should be obvious to most of you, but... Biden's White House has made it abundantly clear that he intends to conflate many conservative positions with extremism. In his policies on domestic terrorism, Biden and his handlers insinuate that the majority of terrorists come from the right-leaning Americans. Even though the White House is unable to produce more than a few examples of right-leaning people committing terrorist acts and is rather loose with their definitions of terrorism, remember they continue to call the protests on January 6th an insurrection despite the fact that there is no insurrection and no one was even armed. The White House blatantly ignores terrorist acts by people associated with the political left and makes no mention of the summer of love in which BLM and Antifa attempted to burn the country to the ground. As with all leftist propaganda, Biden and the Democrats have sought to associate normal political and social concerns as well as constitutional concerns with nefarious behavior such as racism and treason. If you oppose illegal immigration, want proof of citizenship for voting, support support gun rights, and the constitutional right to a militia, believe the government is corrupt and has overstepped its constitutional mandate, oppose globalism and corporate monopoly, etc., then you are an extremist in the eyes of the Biden administration. Not only that, but you are comparable to groups like the KKK and individual terrorists like the Oklahoma City bomber. The message is clear. Within the White House policy papers, domestic terrorist concerns will revolve around conservatives and patriots. They will pigeonholed. They will be pigeonholed as the worst humans imaginable, while any other potential threats will be dismissed. Red flag laws open the door for punishment political opposition of political opposition by associating contrary views with extremism and then extremism with mental mental instability. Biden's policies specifically mention people who are hostile to government authority, which falls right in line with rhetoric used by the DHS and other alphabet agencies over the past several years relating to something called Operation Defiant Disorder. When gun control laws were initiated in the Third Reich in Germany in 1938, guns were confiscated from political enemies and the Jews while gun rights were granted to loyal party members. This standard of selective confiscation helped to strengthen the Nazi party through a system of rights as rewards. If you said the correct things and virtue signaled your love for the state, you got to keep certain freedoms. If you spoke out of line, your freedoms were merely forfeited. This includes access to firearms. Red flag laws create an environment where political opposition to the prevailing order can be legally punished as psychological instability. Under the Biden administration, leftists may feel embroiled to take advantage of the open-ended nature of laws to threaten individual conservatives or patriot activists, or the government could simply declare all conservatives dangerous by default. Leftists would remain happy and secure in their ability to hold on to their weapons while incrementally depriving their enemies of a means of defense. 
This attack should not should be taken seriously by all gun rights advocates and anyone outside of the far left cult. But the leftists are not the biggest danger. It's perhaps, it's perhaps not surprising that some members of the GOP have expressed support for red flag laws as a bipartisan compromise to outright gun bans. These politicians are either too stupid to see the long-term consequences of red flags or they're well away and don't care because they are fake conservatives. Any Republican that throws their weight behind red flag law should be treated as a hostile to the Constitution and the Second Amendment in particular. Red flag laws are not a compromise. They are the holy grail of gun control. They are the ultimate Trojan horse. They are a means to deprive anyone of their firearms for any fabricated reason and they will continue and they will create an automatic culture of self-censorship in which all anti-establishment voices live in terror of speaking out. Anti-gun authoritarians are fearful of direct confrontation and direct confiscation. Going door to door is not their idea of a good time. Instead, they prefer to use the backdoor confiscation, going after a handful of people and then moving on to the next group. Slowly at first, until it's too late for people to organize effectively against it, the Second Amendment is not a privilege granted for loyalty to a particular regime or ideology, and it is not dependent on, on the crime rate. It is sacrosanct and stands outside the conditions of the times we live. Shootings may rise and fall, but none of this matters. Once gun rights are taken away, it will be unlikely they will ever be returned. Great article in from this weekend. Some great writers out there, isn't there? All right. In case people didn't get the point about red flag laws, make sure that you guys are, uh, if you have any of your politicians that are just trying to run for their vote for that shit, make sure you make a phone call. Popcorn 17Q, good to see you out there. 300 gold pills. I'm not happy with Trump's Wisconsin governor endorsement. Ramthun is the MAGA candidate. I'm so confused. You know, it's it's a matter of um, a bigger picture of who can win, I think, honestly. The, the, the political establishment still pulls the strings. And the political establishment doesn't want Ramthune, and I think that's kind of what it's going to be. So we'll see what happens. Pennsylvania, they got 25% of the vote on a for a MAGA candidate over, you know, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, and I think President Trump has different uh, angles that he's looking at that we can't see. So I don't I'm not going to try to figure it out. I'm just whatever. I don't I don't vote for people by endorsements anyway. So I don't I don't understand the whole damn endorsement thing anyway. So anyways, um, there you go. Uh, Texas launches investigation against Twitter over fake bot accounts. This is another important story that I have to get to today. Don't understand what's going on with Trump endorsements. Yeah, I don't get it. He's got, he's got the best political minds behind him. So you know, that political machine that is that uh, helped get him elected and uh, and all of that is still there. So you know, um, he he knows what he's doing. I'm just you know, I don't. You don't have to agree with everything he does, right? It can be. You know, he can he can have a reason to do something that maybe we can't see. I don't know. That's the way I look at it. Uh, but because because I'm not going to vote for some I'm going to vote for Ramthune. I'm, I'm not going to vote for whoever Trump tells me to vote for. So I don't you know what I'm saying? So uh, Texas launches investigation over Twitter over fake bot accounts. Brendan Taylor, June 6th. In uh, Insider Paper, Texas has opened an investigation into Twitter for potentially false reporting about its fake bot accounts, which violates the Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act, according to a press release published on Monday. Attorney General Ken Paxton launched an investigation against Twitter for potentially false reporting over its fake bot accounts in violation of the Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act. 
On Twitter, bots are automated, non-human accounts that can do virtually the same things as real people. They're actually, some of them are smarter than real people. The, 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 the bots that are on uh, Twitter are smarter than most of the leftists that are still left on Twitter, to be completely honest. So, you know, that's that's the scary part about it, is if you, ha- you, you, can, have a, you can have a smarter conversation with a bot than you can a fucking dumb fuck leftist, but whatever. They send tweets, follow other users, and like and retweet other posts. Spam bot accounts uh, inflate followers to, for reach and pushing agendas and the rest. You guys know how this stuff works. And it's, you know how many conversations I've had with a bot before I realized it was a bot? Have you ever done that? <laughs> how many? Raise your hand. Come on. Be honest. I know I'm not the only one that had like a 15-minute conversation with somebody and then I realized it was a bot. Yeah. I've probably argued with more artificial intelligence than real people on Twitter, if you think about it. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, dude. Attorney General Ken Paxton issued a civil investigative demand to investigate whether Twitter's reporting on real versus fake users is false, misleading, or deceptive under the Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act. So we'll see. We'll see. It it should be considered that for as far as subscribers. That's what I love about um, what's kind of happened with this with with uh, Elon because he's exposed exactly what the issue is is how Twitter is used to manipulate information and people. Um, pretty interesting. So we'll watch that as well. Uh, let's keep it moving here today. What else is out here? Uh, actually, let me check in with you guys over in chat. You guys doing all right out there? Still lots of stuff to get to today. Pterodactyl, good to see you. The MK Ultra subject, yeah, that was shit. That's just crazy, right? What they can do. Uh, yeah, it's it's worse than MK Ultra now. It's it's way it's it, MK Ultra doesn't even do it. It's justice. It's ten, it's ten times worse than that. They can completely manipulate your reality. That's the truth. Visualizing the world's fifty biggest data breaches from two thousand four to twenty twenty one. And it's an interesting article that just caught my eye. I don't know. I was just gonna kind of scan it real quick. Data breaches, biggest data breaches from two thousand four to twenty twenty one. Seventeen point two billion accounts. Is that what that's supposed to be? Uh, understanding the basics, notable breaches. Uh, let's see. The largest data breach recorded occurred in 2013 when all 3 billion Yahoo accounts had their information compromised. In that cyber attack, the hackers were able to gather personal information and passwords of users. While the full extent of Yahoo's data breach is not fully realized, subsequent cyber crimes across the globe have been linked to the stolen information. Here are 10 of the largest breaches by uh, the amount of user records stolen. <laughs> No one seems to ever want to talk about this because it just kind of, oh, everyone got hacked again. <laughs> Moving on to the next day. So, yeah, Yahoo, 3 billion records compromised in 2013. River City Media, web sector, 1.4 billion records compromised uh, in 2017. Uh, and Adhar, A A D H A A R, government, 1.1 billion records compromised in 2018. First American Corporation is a finance group with 885 million records compromised in 2019. Spambot, uh, 711 in 2017. LinkedIn was hacked in 2011. Facebook was hacked in 2011. Uh, Yahoo was ha- hacked again in 2014. Marriott was hacked in 2018. And Cineverse was uh, hacked in 2021. 9.9%, 9.9 billion user, user records were stolen. <laughs> Especially people like me, isn't it? You gotta love it, you know. Anyways, moving on. Biden administration quietly raised the amount of ethanol required in gasoline from ten percent to fifteen percent. Three predictable problems will surface soon. You know, I when when you talk about how they're trying to manipulate our economy into a a carbon free future, this is one of the first things that they did. 
and it, it it did it did get no attention. You notice that that they when they changed the ethanol to fifteen percent, it got zero attention, and it's causing major problems. Last Friday, the Biden administration raised mandatory amount of biofuel, specifically ethanol, that must be blended within U.S. gasoline supply. The previous amount of 10% was raised to 15% by the EPA. This is likely to lead to two sets of bigger issues, less food and higher gas prices. The first issue is the renewable fuel standard is a government mandate passed in 2005 and expanded in 2007 that requires growing volumes of biofuels to be blended into U.S. transportation fuels like gasoline and diesel every year. Approximately 40% of the corn grown in the United States is used as is used for ethanol. Raising the amount of ethanol required in gasoline will result in the need for more corn. With farming costs and outputs already under pressure, this could be problematic. Duh. You don't have to have a freaking uh, degree in economics to understand that. You know what I'm saying? But the, no, we don't we don't use common sense in our world. We don't think about things in the way the best what's best policy or anything. No, we don't do anything. We just send agendas and no matter the fucking consequence, we just we just roll with it. Because that's how freaking stupid we are. Also known as the Democrats. The EPA enforces the biofuel standard by requiring refineries to submit purchase credits known as renewable identification numbers or RINs to the Environmental Protection Agency proving the purchases. This enforcement requirement sets up a system where the RIN credits are bought and sold by small refineries who do not have the infrastructure to do the blending process. They purchase secondhand RIN credits from parties that blend blended or imported biofuels directly. This sets up a secondary income stream, a trading market for the larger oil companies, refineries, and importers. The RIN credit trading platform is similar to what we might expect to see if a carbon trading scheme was ever put into place. Yes, that's where they're going to go with it. Carbon. Uh, the third issue, ethanol is a viable source of octane in finished gasoline, but it is chemically different than petroleum gasoline and cannot be used in concentrations above 10% in small engines or in older engines like outboard motors, motorcycles, lawnmowers, generators, or, or chainsaws in any cars made before 2001, complicating matters further. The most cars on the road today still aren't warranted on, to run on gasoline with more than 10% ethanol. Retail stations must have to uh, have have compatible infrastructure in order to sell gasoline with higher ethanol blends. Yeah. So this issue is known as the industry as the blend wall. The net result of Joe Biden's EPA raising the mandatory amount of biofuel that must be present present in U.S. gas supplies is this less food as more corn is needed for ethanol, higher prices for finished and blended gasoline, vehicle engines breaking down at a much higher rate. The, predict- the predictable Biden outcome is the worst case scenario for the middle class, and that's why it's being done purposeful. There you go. All right, let's keep it moving here. It's already 530. Thanks for hanging out today. Oil man, good to see you. Uh, it's about the money, exactly. Uh, it's about the money. It's about the uh, control. Clinton advisor linked to Epstein found hanged with a shotgun blast to the chest. And the investigation is reopened. The timing of this reopening is interesting, is it not? <laughs> With Ghislaine Maxwell's stuff happening right now, an investigation into the mysterious death of a former President Clinton's advisor, Mark Middleton, has been reopened, but the details of his death have been muzzled by a lawsuit brought forward by his family. 
59-year-old Middleton, a longtime special advisor for Clinton while he was president, was found hanging from a tree with a shotgun blast to the chest in early May at the Heifer Ranch outside of Perryville, Arkansas. I don't know the man. I don't know why he picked our county or picked that location to commit suicide, <laughs> said Perry County Sheriff. He died. <laughs> He died of a self-inflicted shotgun wound to the chest. He he was he found a tree and pulled the table over there, and he got on the table and he took the extension cord and put it around the limb and put it around his neck and shot himself. <laughs> oh man! So I don't know, man. <laughs> He could not physically hold a shotgun and done that to himself. The source added, "Oh, they're just now figured the, the sheriff just now figured that out. It, it. Oh, you hadn't thought of that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'll keep I'll keep an eye on it. Mark Middleton is the name if you want to do some research on it. Uh, I don't know. Just, it's inter- the interesting news that catches my eye. You know what I'm saying? All right. What else we got here? Five biggest issues to watch at the Supreme Court as high-profile term ends. Um, maybe we'll save that one for tomorrow since we're running out of time here. I don't know. It's, I've been wanting to do this uh, an article like this because that that stuff that's coming from the Supreme Court is going to be very interesting to see how they rule on all that stuff. So uh, we'll, maybe we'll fit that one in later this week. Uh, let's see. Earlier today, this came out from Newsmax. How many times did he shoot himself? Exactly. Um, former Wisconsin judge shot dead in domestic terror attack. McConnell was on the hit list. Uh, this this was this dropped uh, Saturday. A judge was found dead in his Wisconsin home in a possible domestic terror attack, and the police found a hit list of political figures in the suspect's vehicle, including Senate Majority Leader Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. SWAT on Friday morning discovered the body of former Juneau County uh, Judge John, John Romer, according to ABC. Law enforcement said the hit list also included the names of Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers and Michigan's Governor Whitmer. The Juneau County Sheriff's Office got a call at 6 a.m., 6.30 a.m. Friday of an armed person and two shots fired at Romer's residence. The call reported left the, left the home and contacted law enforcement from a house nearby. A series of negotiations took place after the officers arrived on the scene, but after failed attempts to reach a resolution with the gunman, a SWAT team stormed the residence at 10.17 a.m., roughly four hours after the first call. Romer, 68, who retired in 2017, was found zip-tied to a chair with a fatal gunshot wound, and a 56-year-old man was found in the basement with a self-inflicted gunshot wound, um, is a prime suspect and remains in critical condition in a nearby hospital. The case is being investigated as a homicide and an act of domestic terrorism. Josh Call told reporters, who cares what Josh Call says? Um, But that story came out today as well, so here we go. Well, so I'll, I'll take a look into that one. I'm going to look into that one a little bit more and see if there's anything else there on that. Um, out of Michigan, I'm sure many of you guys have seen this, but uh, Sheriff Leaf um, is suing uh, the lawless Michigan AG Nessel, uh, dishonest Michigan Secretary of State Benson for interfering, obstructing, and covering up crimes and election fraud investigations, including machine voting, ballot harvesting, and trafficking. Um, finally, a sheriff steps up, man. What... Why is this? It seems like the timing of this is interesting also, isn't it? 100% fed up exclusive hero and American treasure, Barry County Sheriff Darleaf 
And the Barry County Sheriff's Office is suing Michigan Attorney General Dana, Dana Nassel, uh, Michigan uh, Secret- Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, and the director of the Wisconsin, Wisconsin Bureau of Elections, Jonathan Brader, the Michigan State Police, the Michigan State Police Trooper Brian uh, Fuller, and Michigan State Police Trooper David Geyer in their official and individual capacity. Interesting. Um, Wisconsin Election Code specifically states that it is the duty of any police or sheriff or other peace officer present and having knowledge of any violation of any provisions of this act to forth, forthwith institute criminal proceedings for the punishment of such offender. Michigan elections law also states that Michigan a sheriff is required to investigate any alleged or suspected illegal or fraudulent voter registration activity as said in the, in the uh, filing sheriff uh, Darleaf's Lawsuit addresses the lawless and obstructive actions of Attorney General Dana Nassau, who regularly mocks and threatens her political opponents, together with Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, who's blocked the efforts of citizens and law enforcement to investigate voter fraud and voter irregularities related to the 2020 election. Benson also has caught numerous lies related to the election, and like her fellow Democrat activist Attorney General, she mocked and threatened her political opponents while preventing Sheriff Dar to perform his duties and responsibilities as an elected official. The Barry County Sheriff is also suing Michigan uh, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson's henchman, Jonathan Brader. Brader is Michigan's uh, director of elections, a member of the executive branch of the state government and an employee of the state. As the director of elections, Mr. Brader vested with the powers and shall perform the duties of the secretary of state under his or her supervision with respect to the supervision of election laws. Defendant Brader has no law enforcement um, or executive authority to encroach upon law enforcement functions as a constitutional sheriff. From the lawsuit that the Detroit attorney Stephanie Lambert filed, uh, from this lawsuit represents a flagrant violation of constitutional and statutory law on the part of the defendants, both named and unnamed, who took it upon themselves to bully, harass, intimidate, threaten, and ultimately unconstitutionally usurp and or cause to be usurped and replaced and or to invade and encroach upon the powers and duties of plaintiff as a constitutional sheriff of Barry County in the performance of his constitutional and common law duties and in adhering to his oath of office by choosing to honor and uphold uh, state and federal laws by exercising his constitutional and statutory duties to investigate alleged election fraud and crime. The lawsuit states that Attorney General Nessel who has no accountability to the Barry County electorate uh, and even less authority to encroach upon law enforcement functions of a constitutional sheriff has committed a flagrant violation of constitutional and statutory laws by usurping the power of Sheriff Darleaf by obstructing, impeding, prejudging the ability of a duly elected official to conduct a criminal investigation into the allegations of criminal acts related to the 2020 election and voting. Defendants without authority encroached upon Sheriff Darleaf's duties by obstructing and interfering with his lawful investigation, obstruction of uh, obstructing justice in the process and covering up evidence of crimes, including those that they themselves were involved in and conspired with others to commit. Defendants usurped and otherwise obstructed an an elected constitutional officer and prevented him from performing his constitutional statutory 
and common law duties as county sheriff in accordance with Michigan Constitution and state and federal laws. Defendants without legitimate authority also unconstitutionally and unlawfully confiscated part property, documents, and information, including voting machines with its attendant software programs and data, all of which was required to be sealed, preserved, and protected and retained by federal law. Defendants acted in concert or individually to transfer and relocate reallocate the duties and powers of the plaintiff you're you're usurping his power and removing from him or otherwise preventing his ability to perform his constitutional and statutory duties the last couple here are defendant acts included but are not limited to threatening harassing and interfering with witness local government officials including township clerks deputies agents and experts and interfering with, obstructing, and otherwise defiling investigative works and the results of such works, confiscating and or destroying confidential files and information pertaining to an ongoing investigation, unconstitutionally and unlawfully and without proper procedure, usurping plaintiff's law enforcement functions and authorities, which are exclusively reserved to him under the Michigan common law statutory law. Stepping in to quell an ongoing legitimate investigation, confiscating confidential files and documents related thereto, obstructing, harassing, and or threatening his deputies and agents conducting the law enforcement functions on his behalf, as they are allowed to do exclusively with immunity under Michigan law, confiscating voting equipment and information and data that is required by federal law to be protected and preserved. On or about November 3rd, 2020, Plaintiff Barry County... Uh, Sheriff Dar Leaf received information that election fraud and voting machine fraud was taking place in Barry County, Michigan, before, during, and after the November 2020 election. Pursuant to his exclusive common law and statutory duties to investigate and ferret out criminal activity occurring within his county, Sheriff Leaf opened an investigation. As with all such law enforcement investigations, confidentiality protections and investigatory privileges are sacrosanct and necessary to properly perform the law enforcement functions because leaks and disclosures that will erode these principles reduce the likelihood that true justice and truth will prevail. As one court has noted, generally, the law enforcement privilege plays a critical role in litigation involving the government. The purpose of the privilege is to prevent disclosure of law enforcement techniques and procedures to preserve the confidentiality of sources, to protect witnesses and law enforcement personnel, to safeguard the privacy of individuals involved in an investigation, and otherwise to prevent interference with an investigation under uh, Michigan statute so-and-so. Is hereby made the duty of any police sheriff or peace officer present and having the knowledge of any violation of any provisions in this act to forthwith institute criminal proceedings for the punishment of such offender. <laughs> oh, this is so good. I could read the whole, I could read this whole thing. <laughs> Defendant Nestle even attacked Monica Palmer for not wanting to certify the 2020 election. In light of these admitted biases and her mockery and disdain for the plaintiff and all others who pointed out the new and demonstrated problems with the voter fraud, illegal ballot harvesting and trafficking and voting machine hacking, defendant Nessel is conflicted out and unable to ethically and legally overview, direct, authorize, or otherwise involve herself in any ostensible investigation into voter fraud. Uh, what else do we have here? Secretary of State Benson, another de- defendant or party, has no enforcement or executive authority to encroach on a constitutional sheriff. Um, let's see here. Michigan State Police 
is an unelected and unaccountable strong arm of the state, a partisan and politically controlled run and operated state police force in every sense of the term. Wow. That's what happens when you unionize public institutions. And that's why we should ban all public sector unions in this country forever. We'll keep an eye on this one, guys, but it's pretty interesting. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Here's the complaint. I wanted to get this out there to you guys. I'm going to I'm gonna review this some more tonight. I want to see if there's anything else in here that's, uh, that might be worth checking out. So grab that one if you want this complaint, and I'll get that out there to you guys. Uh, JC Bird and all you guys over there on, 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 on Twitch, thanks for being here today, guys. Here's that link for the official... Um, court case. We'll see. We'll see what happens. DJ Camp, thanks for being here today. Have a great evening. There's that one. What else do we have here today? I'm going to keep it moving. I'm going to try to get it in the two-hour market mark tonight. Um, Epoch Times, Pentagon's vaccine mandate challenge and class action lawsuit. It won't pull up the article. Oh, it, it says it's removed. Pentagon's vaccine ma- mandate vaccine challenged. In a, in a class action lawsuit, and the article just kind of disappeared. Isn't that interesting? Um, let's see, the Rayfields, and there's no real other good sources. Huh, interesting. So what's this? Two days ago from the Rayfield.com. I don't, I've never heard of this site, so I don't know. Um, on May 23rd, Uh, An attorney filed in the Eastern District of Texas alleging that Pentagon's vaccine mandate issued by Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin on August 24th was unconstitutional and therefore unlawful. Um, I don't know. This is the only source I can find now, so I'll hold off on that. Maybe they found something else up on that front. So we'll see what happens there. The NGO Project, CTCL, 50-state wrap-up analysis from the Election Data Analyzer. Another link I wanted to get out out there to you guys. Uh, this is going to be an excellent resource for you guys to check out. Um, check your state. You know, you can get an idea of how bad things are. Uh, so get this to you. I'm, I am going to go look through this real quick. I want to see what they have in here. Uh, there's this one here. Siddle 50 state wrap up analysis. So as you guys know, Siddle is the one who bought the election. Basically, uh, that's how they launder the money for ballot harvesters and the rest. Um, here's a state by state breakdown. Um, there are many ways to analyze the data from 3,100 counties. I will present three of them. Observation one, approximately 50% of CITL grants, 160 million were distributed within only 28 counties, less than 1% of the counties in the United States, an average of $5.7 million to those 28 counties. Harris County's on the list. So is Fulton, Dallas, New York, Philly, DeKalb, Wayne County, of course, Los Angeles, Gwinnett, Palm Beach, Cobb, Wake, Clayton, Milwaukee, Hennepin in Minnesota, uh, Passaic in Jersey, Essex, Hillsboro in Florida, <laughs> of course, Dauphin County in Pennsylvania, or PA, Pennsylvania, Burlington, Jersey, Orange, California, Chester, Pennsylvania, Webb, Texas, Clark County, Nevada, Cook County, Illinois, that's Chicago, Douglas, Georgia, Nassau, New York, and Delaware County, Pennsylvania. <laughs> that's crazy, right? What does that tell you? That's Those 28 counties are what they threw 
what they made sure to use to throw the election. The bottom 28 counties, on the other hand, in terms of grants, were valued at only $111,000, had a total of value of 166,000 votes or 67 cents per vote. The 2020 Democrats to Republican ratio was 0.398. That means they are heavy Republican counties. So um, you got Iowa, Texas, San Diego. Let's see, Illinois, Calhoun County, Illinois. That's uh, down by St. Louis, I think. Uh, Iona, Michigan, Mason County, Michigan, Garza, Texas, Floyd, Texas, Kinney, Texas. Huh. Interesting. What else do we have here? Observation two, this was an attempt to look at where potentially the most corruption and influence occurred based on three parameters. Siddle money was distributed somewhere in a county. This is because, in my analysis, I rolled up all contributions to a county entity, even though, in some cases, the grants were made up uh, to the municipality. To the money cast vote, all parties was greater than $5. I simply picked that number. The range for all counties was .03 cents to 161. So the county 2020 difference was greater than 5%. Um, Let's see. If your county name made it on the three list, it was, uh, I consider these hot spots for Siddle, vote harvesting. Gotcha. That does make sense. So he's just explaining his, his thinking. Um. List of other counties here as well. Observation three. The last observation is simple. What are the counties that, based on my model, had greater than 20,000 Democrat votes harvested due to Siddle? 60 million was spent on these counties to harvest 3 million votes. That is $20 harvested vote in this group. That's the most important counties, I would say, here. Uh, Nassau, Suffolk, Winchester, New York, Erie, New York. Middlesex, Mass, Hennepin, Minnesota, of course, Maricopa, Arizona, Onondaga, New York, Denver, Colorado, Wake, North Carolina. What's up, Vatmore? DeKalb County, Georgia. Uh, Let's see what else is here. Connecticut, Colorado, Georgia, Gwinnett County, Georgia. Um, I'm trying to find the swing state ones. Cobb County, Georgia, of course. Uh, Pima, Arizona, Bristol, Mass, Oakland County, Michigan. Um, what else do we have here? Tompkins, New York, Durham, North Carolina, Polk, Iowa, Cumberland County, um, Mass, Maine. Yeah. Fairfax, Virginia, Washington and Minnesota and Ontario, New York and Providence in Rhode Island. There you go. Given all the above and the 50 articles I have written, I believe these grants were used to support the safe administration of public elections. Uh, (laughs) Please unsubscribe if you believe that. I can't help you. For everyone else, I would recommend you read the article on your state linked below and take action by reviewing the appropriate county and city budgets to trace how the grants were used. The election data organizer dropping some nuggets on us. That's some really well done work right there. I hope you will take that into your activist groups and spread that far and wide. Montana, Missouri's AG's office subpoenas records from nonprofit that doled out Zuckerbucks. 
Missouri's Attorney General Eric Schmidt has launched an investigation into the Center for Tech and Civic Life, the one we were just talking about, seeking information and documents pertaining to the $350 million donation from Meta Platforms, formerly Facebook co-founder CEO Mark Zuckerberg, the so-called Zuckerbucks. Siddle is a nonprofit 501c3, blah, 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 established in 2015. The money from Zuckerberg was distributed by Siddle to thousands of counties and election officials. Attorney General Eric Schmidt has been committed to ensuring the integrity of our elections from the beginning. That's why we sent this subpoena today. We aren't backing down. We're going to continue to fight and get to the bottom of this. We'll see. We'll see. It's about time. It's, uh, you know, what are we on? What are we on? A year and a half now. And now we're finally saying, yeah, what are, we're going to do something here. Uh, IV3.us. Greg Phillips with a great... Uh, discussion with red pill 78 on um friday night if you guys missed that trust me you're gonna want to watch that that was a very very interesting discussion that uh greg phillips and red pill 78 had it's definitely worth your time one of the things that came out of that was this link here it is help keep voter rolls act uh accurate another example of what we can do besides going on um alternate media shows and and uh, you know podcast and whining about the future and saying it's all over we're all going to die you could take this link and you could figure out how you can help keep the voter rolls accurate instead of whining like a little bitch all the time that'd be cool laptop from hell may produce data with a disaster for joe biden (laughs) you think the reason why i have this uh saved and archived today is because this is from the times in united kingdom (laughs) David Charter wrote this on Friday for the Times in the United Kingdom. Hunter Biden made about $11 million in six years from 2013 to 2018, but spent so freely that by early 2019, he was turning to his father to pay off his debts of more than $800,000. Q&A holes in the house, what's good? An analysis of Hunter Biden's emails and other documents reveals that the bulk of his income came from his seat on the board of the Ukrainian gas company and two deals with Chinese business interests. His spending is harder to fathom, but including expensive homes and cars and failed business ventures, as well as hundreds of thousands of dollars squandered in strip clubs and on addictions to drugs and alcohol and women. According to his ex-wife, Kathleen Bully, in her memoir, If We Break, the Department of Justice is investigating his finances. An email from Hunter Biden's personal assistant confirms the recourse to the bank for dad's uh, for dad. Well, sorry, confirms the recourse to the bank of dad for debts of a hundred of eight hundred eighteen thousand dollars, despite President Biden's repeated assertions that he never talked with his son about his business affairs. It is one of the thousands of items recovered from a laptop abandoned in a Delaware computer shop in April of 2019, some of which point to be uh, a tangled relationship between Joe and his son's finances. Many of the emails are not just a few clicks away on the internet as are Bidens and videos harvested from the laptop showing Hunter Biden, 52, in a series of sexual liaisons and apparently taking drugs. According to a spreadsheet from the laptop, Hunter's debts in 2019, just a few months before Joe Biden announced his run for the presidency, included several years of overdue taxes as well as legal bills and fees for restructuring two business deals, one of which was a stake in a Chinese investment company. 
Quote, I spoke with Hunter today regarding his bills, wrote Katie Dodge, Hunter's assistant, in an email dated January 17th, 2019, to VP team that copied in Hunter, an accountant and one of Joe Biden's close advisors. Quote, it is my understanding that Hunt's dad will cover these bills in the short term as Hunter transitions in his career. There's no indication in the emails whether Joe Biden made the payments. He and his wife, Jill, had earnings in 2017 and 2018, according to their joint tax returns, of $15.6 million, mainly from book deals and speeches. Because that's how the money gets laundered from American taxpayer dollars and how people get bought off. The White House did not respond for request for comment. The Trova data nicknamed the laptop from hell is causing serious questions for the Biden family, which has repeatedly denied wrongdoing by the president. (laughs) While the emergence of the laptop initially branded Russian disinformation by senior Democrats in the mainstream media, it is not so much now that people are doing that. A really good article written today, uh, yesterday in uh, the (laughs) Times.UK Hunter's ex relives a horrific story living with Biden so much worse than I could have imagined. Uh, the, I just wanted to point out the if we break memoirs and uh, telling her interesting stories about uh, Hunter himself and stuff has been released. If you want that link, let me, let me know. Uh, let, me, let me know. I'll get that out there to you. All right. To wrap it up today with just a little bit of overtime, let's check in with FCCED as we do every day. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Be back tomorrow for another edition and breaking to see what else is that happening out there. Nigeria ex-governor arrested over accountant general's $80 billion Naira probe. The Economic and Financial Crimes Commission arrested former governor Abdulziz Yari in connection with the agency's ongoing investigation on suspended accountant general. Yeah. Um, so that's happening in Nigeria Two St. Louis board president, St. Louis board president, Louis Reed and two aldermen, Indicted on federal bribery charges, Pakistan's FIA seeks arrest of Prime Minister Shabazz and a son in a money laundering case. Former Open Sea Project manager arrested and charged with alleged NFT insider trading scheme. Cannabis King sentenced to 22 months in prison for bribing San Luis Obsidio's politician. Former solar power executive, power executive gets prison for a billion dollar in solar fraud scheme. Probably one of uh, Al Gore's buddies. St. Louis board president Louis Reed and two aldermen indicted on federal bribery charges. That's very interesting. Uh, board of Alderman President Louis Reed, Alderman Jeffrey Boyd, and former Ward 21 Alderman John Collins Muhammad, who resigned last month, were indicted on federal charges Thursday for accepting a stream of payments and, and campaign donations. <laughs> this is just business as usual. Why'd these guys get busted? <laughs> Ah, very interesting one there. As we wrap it up here today, what's up, Spigoli? Justice Department secure settlement with Florida employer uh, to resolve immigration-related discrimination claims. Former mayor of Puerto Rico municipal sentenced uh, for accepting bribes. Leader of Proud Boys and four other members indicted in federal court for seditious conspiracy and other offenses related to the Capitol breach. United States obtains warrant for seizure of two airplanes of Russian oligarch Roman Abramovich. <laughs> Just Martin recovers a fraudulent transfer of proceeds arising from medical kickback scheme. And then this weekend, Utah then sends five years in prison in a tax invasion for obstructing the IRS. Mexican and U.S. justice officials celebrate launch of the, some uh, book or some shit. Scratch Off has been released. That's the same name that, uh, that, won, that said I won the lottery. <laughs> 
That's hilarious, dude. Uh, I should have said that Lex Piccoli, and that would have sounded hilarious, dude. <laughs> uh, thanks for being here today, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, I appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, 10,850 gold pills today. You guys just never cease to amaze me, man. Vet and more. Um, good to see you out there. Q&A holds Oilman, 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 Popcorn, Tac264, Khaleesi, all you guys dropping the cold pills on me. Thanks, guys, today. I appreciate you guys very much. Much love. God bless you all. I, I really appreciate it, and I need the support. I thank you guys very much. Uh, I appreciate it very much. Everyone over there on Rumble, thanks for being here today, guys. Uh, we'll be back again for another edition tomorrow, 5 Eastern, 4 Central. Special thank you to JC Bird for the support. Love and prayers, as always. Thanks, guys, for being here today. And with that, I want to say much love and God bless you. I'll see you guys back here tomorrow for another edition of Uncensored Abe. God bless you. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.